Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to Melanated Stamps. I'm so glad you found me in my little corner of the world. My name is Jenea Perdue or Dr. Jenea Perdue. Um, and in my little corner of the world on my little platform, uh, Melanated Stamps, I am doing some super cool things. First and foremost, I have been having some phenomenal, phenomenal guests and interviews in the last couple of months, and you are going to love these people. And I need you to listen and subscribe to the podcast so that you can join in and listen in on these conversations because they will make your life better. Just like that. Um, Yeah, so... I have several initiatives that are happening right now and I wanted to like explain kind of like the direction that I want to go for the rest of 2021 with my podcast. Um, a little bit of background. Uh, I'm an educator. I do a lot of work in um, writing and thinking and reading on um, dismantling whiteness, um, anti-racism work, and also um, edifying and uplifting the Black experience in all of its um, beautiful ways um, that we move through the world. And so I do that through um, sharing about my journey, being an expat in China, um, and then also through the things that I'm reading and processing. Um, And yeah, so that's basically what I do. Um, On my podcast, I am doing three, like three and a half things. First, thing is I am interviewing dope people who do dope things um and those folks can be black or white or brown or however they want to um identify uh racially Mm. and those are folks that I just come across and who have a story to share an initiative that they're working on and it gives you an opportunity to hear and to support folks that you may or may not know um I've had some incredible, phenomenal guests, and I cannot wait to post their um, stories and their perspectives um, so that you can um, support their work because they are doing the thing. Um, second initiative is really an extension of the first one, the uh, con- Converse with Dope People Who Do Dope Things. Um, I have it. It's a series that I'm calling Denver Wild Black, and um, that one is when I converse with dope people who do dope things, but they have to be black, self-identifying as black, and they also have to be from or living in my hometown, Denver. Um, And I'm doing that because one, I love talking to black folks about dope things that they do. And two, Denver is historically a very, very, very white town. And folks forget that there are other things and interests besides things that are focused um, solely on whiteness. Um, And I know and I'm connected to phenomenal black folks who are doing phenomenal things. And they just, they slash we need more recognition. And so my series, Denver Wild Black, um, will give you an opportunity to support black folks who are doing things literally globally, but are centered in Denver. Um, And so stay tuned for those conversations. Um, And when you get onto my Melanated Stamps Instagram page and also on my website, Melanated Stamps, um, you can put a picture to a face because I think that's really important. Um, the reason why I am having doing the series Denver Wild Black is because oftentimes, which I've shared before in other um, podcast episodes, um, we in the year of our Lord 2021 have not have 
dehumanize statistics and data in a way where we forget that the percentages and the information that we know and are overwhelmed with all the time are connected to individuals, families, men, women, non-binary folks. Um, and it's so easy to forget that because they're so we are so inundated by information. And so I wanted on my platform to um, give you, to help us remember the person um, so that when we are talking about black lives, when we are talking about dismantling whiteness, when we're talking about the effects of racism in the world and in our communities, in our families, um, that we see faces rather than ideologies. And so I'm doing my part by highlighting these stories. Also, I love talking to folks and I know cool people that y'all need to know also. So the third thing, one, two, three. Yeah, the third thing that I'm doing um, are book reviews. I didn't really, so background. Um, when I turned 31 and I'm almost 34 now, which is insane. Um, my birth, I had two birthday gifts. One uh, was me, I, I committed to um, not engaging in conversations on Facebook or social media or in person where I had to explain the necessity of valuing black lives in my life. Um, I'm not having that anymore. Um, and a lot of times, or one of one of the things that whiteness does is that it will it the people in power will yell and become obnoxious when their power and their position is perceived to be going away to those other folks and one of the things that manifests is a lot of yelling and a lot of um inappropriate and toxic conversation patterns that are harmful to black and white black and um, non-white bodies and I'm not having it anymore so um I choose to not engage in those conversations and that was my birthday gift to myself when I turned 31. The second uh birthday gift that I gave to myself was to only read books by black authors um and I decided to do the second one because I needed to reframe how I saw myself, how I saw the world, how I saw whiteness, and how I saw um, myself within the world, in this tapestry of something far greater than myself. I was really frustrated with um, my thoughts at the beginning of my journey because I was like, am I really the only one who is thinking like this? Why am I so angry? Why is my anger okay? Is it new or all of these feelings that I'm having, I need a place to ground them. And one of the things that I needed was basically like a a choir of witnesses or just like a way or I needed some support. And I was like, what better place to find it than perhaps folks who have put their ideas, their thoughts, their feelings, their heart on paper. So I decided to read 
folks or read words written by folks who look like me. And yo, when I tell you this journey of almost the last three years has transformed my entire existence to where I cannot be the only, I cannot be the same person that I was before. I endeavored in this journey and I will never, um, I will never not value who I am and where I am, where I am because of this journey of reading folks who, folks who look like me. So I've been doing that for almost three years now. And I didn't share this um, journey with many people at all because it was coming from a place that I had a whole lot of feelings regarding um, my identity and I wasn't in a place where I could articulate it yet. Um, and I, it was a, a place that needed a lot of healing and a place that needed a lot of salve for my wounds and pain and traumas. Um, the second reason that I didn't share it was because it was a sacred journey for me. It was something that I needed to um, endeavor with just me and my creator and the essence of myself. And so I kept it at just that triad, that just just those three. That's it. Um, and now I'm at a space where I have healed so many areas of my life because I have connected myself with my ancestors and with folks who have um, transitioned um, and also folks who are still here but are further in the journey of um, figuring out where they belong. Um, and so now I can share a little bit, some um, of my journey through reading, um, uh, books by black authors. And also I, y'all, I'm a slow reader, so I don't read quickly at all. So it takes me like a couple weeks to get through a book. And I encourage you to read with me because regardless of where you, like what your racial, ethnic background is, reading books by Black authors shows the brilliance and the beauty and the how we have, as a people group, transformed our pain into um, survival tactics and um, into art, sadly, but that's what we've done. And so reading it is, is phenomenal for anyone. Um yeah, so I just wanted to share a little bit of where we're going with this um, podcast this year. With all of that being said, book review time. <laughs> I get so tickled with these little interlude things that I can use on my Anchor app. It's so fun. Um, so anyway. Book review. This one is called White Rage, The Unspoken Truth of Our Racial Divide. It was a lot, y'all. It was a lot. Um, This one is by Dr. Carol Anderson, and she's a professor. Um, And, um, you know, when I, when I, originally wanted to um, do book reviews I wanted to like have a part 
at the beginning of like my three favorite parts of this book. But when it comes to racism in America, there aren't three of my quote unquote favorite parts because nothing of the trauma of the genocide of the division of the hatred can possibly be a favorite of anyone otherwise you're like just straight up psychopath and so um I have to like re I don't know rework that so for this one we're gonna call it the four pivotal parts first pivotal part she defined what um white rage is it seems pretty harsh when I first read it because I was like what in the world I've never heard of this word before um and I want to read to you, it's a little bit long, but I want to read to you like what she was talking about. This is her definition of white rage. Y'all ready? Okay. What was really at work here was white rage. With so much attention focused on the flames, everyone had ignored the logs, the kindling. In some ways, it is easy to see why white rage is not about visible violence, but rather it works its way through the courts, the legislatures, and a range of government bureaucracies. It wreaks havoc subtly, almost imperceptibly, too imperceptibly, certainly, for a nation consistently drawn to the spectacular, to what it can see. It's not the Klan. White rage doesn't have to wear sheets, burn crosses, or take to the streets. Working the halls of power, it can achieve its ends far more effectively, far more destructively. The trigger for white rage inevitably is black advancement. It is not the mere presence of black people that is the problem. Rather, it is blackness with ambition, with drive, with purpose, with aspirations, and with demands for full and equal citizenship. The truth is, white rage has undermined democracy, warped the Constitution, weakened the nation's ability to compete economically, squandered billions of dollars on baseless incarceration, rendered an entire region sick, poor, and woefully undereducated, and left cities nothing less than decimated. All this havoc has been wreaked simply because African Americans wanted to work, get an education, live in decent communities, raise their families, and vote because they were unwilling to take no for an answer. Ooh, that was like the first five pages of the whole book, and I was like, I'm undone. This book really looked at the history of like what whiteness, white folks in power did had the audacity, the caucasity to do in order to push black folks into a little corner and keep us black folks unempowered, disempowered. And white people in power, traditionally in America, have done so so much, have creatively um taken away privileges and kept them only for people that look like them it was phenomenal just to what extent whiteness blinded and then empowered white folks in order to cause such derision and such trauma in black lives and it was deeper than like the than like the the uh quote that I read, it was deeper than just the KKK wearing the hoods. It's not that. It's it's folks with power who will use that power 
against folks that do not look like them. It happens. It happened 500 years ago and it's happening today and it's devastating. The second part um, is basically that. So the extent to which white rage and whiteness will go in order to protect its own. Third, the author warns that nothing will change if nothing changes. Um, a lot of conversations and things that I see in social media that I uh, read up on, um, that I have seen um, throughout literature is how if the roots are not adjust, are not addressed and if racism and coming to terms with the filth of history of America is does not come to ter- or that we do not address it then regardless of the quote unquote progress that we have um successfully um reached so far quote unquote progress um we will just continue spinning the wheels and the onus the responsibility comes from those who benefit most from the um from the constructs that we have created or that have been created in America so um roots need to be adjusted fourth um you know, I said that I was an expat and I had to take a break and heal from the whiteness. I needed just to disappear and to go and get away and just to to reframe my life and my purpose. So I decided to leave America. But the crazy thing is I went to another country that's just as racist, but in a completely different way. Um, and... As I have been watching the malarkey of my home country, America, um, over the last several years, and now that I'm away, I see it, like, all I can do is just watch and research, watch, research, and write. Like, that's all that I can really do, um, uh, tangibly almost, um, because I'm not in the States doing, you know, um, I... I fight racism over here by being a black body and explaining to Chinese folks why um or why and how we as black folks are kind, are helpful. Um they're at like, you know, remedial level racism racism, you know. Um so I do my part with in teaching the high school kids and the elementary school kids about um, what it's like to be around people who are different. Like, that's my contribution right now to um, developing an equitable equitable place for folks to live. Um, because Chinese folks are going to be moving abroad and seeing folks that are not Chinese. And so they need to be ready. That's the part that I'm doing. Now, the part that... So, like, when I left, I was so frustrated with America. And I had to just take a break because I was teaching in hard-to-love um, kids in that had lives that were just unimaginably difficult. Um, and I'd done that for, for some time. Um, and I did, I just, I just couldn't handle the whiteness in the, in, in my town, Denver. So as I was reading this book, um, 
I was humbled to tears watching and reading how like the tenaciousness and the fortitude that my people had throughout history to be like this is not good enough and I'm going to fight with every ounce that I have fight like hell for my me my family my lineage because this is not okay and they did not stop and that was phenomenal to me and I felt humbled and it's because of them fighting in my country that I was able to make the choice to leave and to figure out my way of fighting whiteness and um, uplifting black voices um it's because of those folks who are in the court systems in the classrooms um protesting doing all the things um saying that enough is enough for centuries um and so i as i was reading about the depravity of whiteness white rage in america um carol anderson dr carol anderson um also highlighted the stories of those folks who were doing the work um with a never give up um determined to see something different and their work many of whom will never see the outcome of it because like they've passed on they've transitioned um they fought to literally fought to death and I'm forever grateful for them so why do y'all need to read this book number one read so that you can see the patterns of oppression and how they are justified in order to maintain precedence by powers in charge today so if you don't read what's happened in the past and you're not going to have an accurate frame for what is happening today. Nothing new is under the sun. Nothing new is happening in America that did not happen in the 60s, in 1865, in 1776. It's all power and it's all based on race. That's it. And so if you don't read what's happening in the past, you're not going to get it. You're not going to be able to see the malarkey. Anyone who is old and has been doing this work, anyone who is, you know, has spanned the generation, has spanned the decades, can see and is frustrated because not enough has changed. And that's just sad. Okay, second thing, to gather the wording and understanding on how to defend the need to fight for the oppressed and marginalized. So a lot of folks um, don't know how to say these things. Um, and this this book gives you the the verbiage to articulate your feelings and your thoughts. Um, and that was helpful for me. Um, I will say that this book is pretty brainy. She is a professor. And so parts of it is it's hard. Um, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it, I think it's readable for anyone, but it, it was, it was, it's, it's meaty. So, uh, it took me a while to read it. Uh, third thing, um, to see, the black folks prioritized and how they refused to give up for the fight and they refused to say that oh this is good enough they're like nope you said that we wanted an equal place for everybody so we're gonna fight and we're gonna hold your nose to the fire until you give it to us um and many 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 lost their lives for that and i'm internally grateful for their sacrifice for both the person that was actively um engaged in the fighting and then also for their support system because it is a village mentality of fighting whiteness so yes uh as always feel free to follow my work um follow the podcast subscribe and listen to the podcast um secondly 
if you yourself are reading black books, black or books by black authors, um, I would love for you to drop me like a voice memo on the website um, for the Anchor podcast and um, just to like a shout out of like, hey, this is me. I live here. I'm just read a, black, a book by a black author. It's this. And this is some things that I learned from it. Um, it could only be like 30 seconds, 15 seconds, and I will add it to the podcast in a future episode so you can be showcased. Uh, support my work, support my what I'm doing. Um, you can find me on Instagram and also on my website, Melanated Stamps. It's M-E-L-A-N-A-T-E-D, Stamps, S-T-A-M-P-S. Um, all of the podcast episodes and things are and descriptions and pictures are on the website. Also, um, I wrote a book about being black in Denver. That is also on my website, so you can purchase the ebook there and support my work in that way. Also, on the Instagram, um, I share just what it's like to be a, a, a person abroad, like what that's like. So, um, and also, like if you're interested in uh, traveling abroad or living abroad and what that life is like, I totally do like expat and, and travel coaching as well so that people can um, travel ethically, travel economically and see the world once COVID is taken care of. Um, yeah. So as a last thing, as always, um, don't buy from Amazon is like Jeff Bezos has enough money. So on my website for this one, if you are interested in reading this book, I have a direct link so that you can support uncle Bobby's books in philadelphia um you can click on the link buy the book through them even if it's an extra couple dollars it goes to a black business a black owner black scholar black scholar who's brilliant um scholar i guess is like scholar author that's what my brain was doing (laughs) yeah so um support his bookstore um and support black authors support black business support the black community um Yes. Until next time, y'all. Have a lovely week. Bye-bye.